0: And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over. Let's get to it. Today on all about affordable NFTs. We are talking about why NFTs need alt layer one networks, I guess alt layer networks, not even layer one networks as part of the larger ecosystem as Ethereum. Becomes a bit pricey, which may be a nice lead into some of our news items. How's it going, Andrew?
1: Good, good. Yeah, I I would definitely be hesitant to say they need Alt Layer 1s, but we will get into that a bit later. Yeah, and it is uh, a little timely with some of the news that's been going on. Of course, the big news recently has been the uh, Other Side or the Other Deeds uh, land sale from Yuga Labs. They released, are they? 100,000 plots, uh, they brought in, a, let's say, 561 million in trading within the first few days, set all sorts of records. It's the one-day high for the most sales ever. That has been the, the big talk everywhere. And of course, uh, this mint has, uh, did not go without some, some hiccups.
0: Yeah, the, the critiques are, are many. And obviously, like look, there's going to be FUD thrown around quite a bit when it comes to this, but the uh, gas prices spiked to you know ridiculous levels and i, I think reached a peak of around 2e so that means minting plus 2e which is which is pretty ridiculous and you know certainly burns a significant amount of ethereum did they quote how much ethereum they they tracked that was like just burned as a part of this transaction well i
1: saw there was over 100 million worth um, 100 million dollars worth anyway so yeah it was it <laughs> So cool. yes, it looked like initially they were going to have this VA Dutch auction. They abandoned that for some reason. Uh, the Dutch auction, the idea is that it starts at a higher price than, than most are willing to pay, it drops over time. And so you don't, you don't have everybody jumping in at exactly the same time. So they abandoned that model, ended up going with a flat 305 Ape, which was, I, I believe about two and a half ETH at the time. That, that has fluctuated greatly since then. And it both are, I guess, negative, but, but it's fluctuated a lot. But anyway, that when they did abandon that, they also announced that there'd be multiple waves of minting so that uh, you could mint two in the first wave. If you were on the whitelist. you'd had to fill out the KYC form, which neither one of us had done because they had not said what this was for at the time. So they did have an idea of how many there were there ended up being, or there were over a hundred thousand that had done the KYC. Then people were looking at how many had actually approved the contract and, uh, held enough ape to mint either one or two. And within uh, about two hours or so before the, the mint actually occurred, they, or some people figured out that it was going to, uh, mid in that first wave Due to the number of wallets that had approved it. And, um, so there were people jumping, you know, tried to jump the line, paying incredibly high gas fees because they assumed it would be worth it. That of course is, uh, you know, now factored into the cost, at least on their side. But yeah, that's it, it, it slowed down the entire network because anyone transacting doing anything, had the same gas fees and you know, it was for at least a few hours that it was like this. So yeah, it really slowed down the network. You go afterwards announced that it was clear that Ethereum was able to handle the (laughs) eight for the Yuga Labs ecosystem, which, you know, I think there's a lot of ways to, to, to say that there, that is maybe faulty (laughs) but they also did create this uh, by, they, they knew how many people had the wallet. They knew many, many lands were available. So it seems like a supply demand issue in many ways, regardless of the gas. But yes, it was over a hundred million. They were going, or they are going to, I think they have refunded all of the unsuccessful Minters. There were many people that did not get their mints through. So they have refunded that. And I guess the other part of this, they have announced that they need to launch their own, their own layer for the ape, for all of the, the ape, ape ecosystem. So it seems like they've maybe retraced or, you know, what the, it is up there and maybe not going to go that far right away, but uh, there was a lot of discussion of whether they manufactured this for the purpose of announcing a new layer. I don't know. Yeah, you know, that's, it's, it's hard to say that they, they could have put that all together, but it it is, uh, they definitely gave an example of why problems with Ethereum at times when there is huge congestion on the net.
0: Yeah. It's hard to to speculate on the, you know, using it as an excuse to start. Like, I, I don't think you needed that as a as a narrative you just say that as you want to create it and you're, there's you know the road network out there there's you know flow with NBA top shop there's like there's very much a precedent for for large networks doing this it was you know by their own testament a incredibly poorly done you know the limitations of the network you can't be surprised when you go outside in the rain without an umbrella and you get wet there are limitations to the network and if you drive an unprecedented amount of whales into a short period of time and squeeze them on gas and they all ratchet it up. It's just a function of the where the network is right now. It will be better in a year. It'll be even better in two years. But you do that on pretty much any network. It's going to have a problem. So, you know, I you know, it went poorly. You know, like that that's that's how it goes. And, you know, they they did refund some people, but, you know, right now, if I sat there and I, you know, you said it's about two, two and a half years, it costs roughly depending on what you did with Ape, right, for, for minting it. And then on top of that, you add the fact that you paid another two weeks in gas. Like, you're underwater. You're below floor price Currently, floor is at 3.59. And also, I, w- I don't know if I'm, if I'm Yuga Labs, like, and I don't have, like, I don't know, a fully developed game ecosystem for how all of this land is going to get used. I don't know if I'd be jumping into creating an alt layer one right now. And be focused on how I deliver value on this.
1: Yeah, and I think it actually kind of leads us to a next story here. We can get into a little more discussion of the the, the layers. But the next uh, story is over the weekend. We also had a Solana crash. It was down for seven hours. So this is another uh, layer one. There were there's. There were bots were being a candy machine, NFT tea type of thing on Solana. So it crashed the whole network. So that was actually down for seven hours, not high fees. It was just unusable. So, you know, that's the other side, you know, when you don't have a very stable network, it can completely go down, you know, Ethereum it's, it's made to be expensive at times because there are a lot of people that want to use it and you have to be able to deal with that when it does happen. As opposed to just having the whole network
0: crash. Yeah, it stops bots by Ethereum. making it prohibitively expensive to, you know, process off a bunch of transactions in a tight, tight, tight amount of time. Yeah. And there's a difference because the word crash was being thrown around for Ethereum. You didn't crash it. You raise right. gas is too absurd. You so long Raise crash.
1: prices, right. I mean, it's, it's an absurd traffic jam. It's, yes. And to get through it, you're going to have to pay an absurd amount. Now the difference I guess would be the roads just closed there was no getting on the roads there was no accessing the roads on the ethereum network you couldn't do any i mean i'm sorry on the solana, solana network, network yeah. yeah sorry don't want to want to make that clear on the solana network there was no access to the roads so different story there you know and i think we can get into a little bit more of that let's see yeah we've got this story about the uh, a apriot potentially migrating away i would say that there is there is precedent for causing or showing people why something could be you know, another network would be needed. And that is quite the event to have a ton of eyeballs and, you know, probably worth spending a hundred million on to, uh, to show people, look at how bad, look at how much bigger we are than the Ethereum network. We completely trashed it and, you know, get people to move over to that other layer, to that other, and, you know, we've got to look at, I don't know. I, I don't think that that's necessarily what was, you know, I think the idea was to make it a big event and it was, and, you know, we can see with 561 million B, Uh, Traded. They've certainly succeeded in making it big. Now, you know, I think there's a lot more of whether it's, you know, how successful it could be, but that's, it's way too early to say if, if this project can be successful or not, anyway. You know, maybe that brings us to our next headline here. This is, this is quite the, the headline. It was all over the place here. What do you have here, Joe?
0: Wall Street Journal says NFTs are flatlining and they do no manner of research. They were so excited to find one way to cut data in a certain odd, inaccurate way that they could run this title. You just get this sense that there are journalists just itching. Traditional-minded, hates tech, just itching for like, see, it was all a fraud and now I can go back to the way things were. I can ignore the fact that the property layer of the internet is coming, and that you know blockchain is a real thing. They just can't wait for it so much so that, with no manner of diligence whatsoever, the Wall Street Journal put out something that was so factually inaccurate and quickly disproved that one of my favorite newsletters just broke this down so quickly. But basically saying in the article that NFT sales are down ninety-two percent since September, and so like they love that, but like frankly they're they're, they're not. NFT volume on OpenSea hit all time high, all time highs, thanks to even what we just saw, 480 million in sales volume on May 1st alone. And then like, they show this chart and it's significantly higher. You know, they're claiming that the number of active wallets are down 88%. The truth is that there's probably over 350,000 active wallets in the last week. <laughs> and it's been that way for 14 weeks out of the last 17 weeks. So it's like not decreasing at, at all. And you know, it's, it's great when you can just look at the blockchain data and say, like, no, those are the numbers. You say whatever you want. Like, it's just, you know, when you get into this, like, I, I hate the, the narrative of fake news, but it's much harder to do that when you can pull data reports directly from from the source. It's all open.
1: Yeah. And, well, it also leaves is all up for interpretation i think that's one thing that we're struggling with right now is that all of this data can be sort of taken how you want it any data can really and that we don't have a lot of standards to look at it's not like looking at um looking at the stock market and i'm not saying that these are stocks or investments necessarily but looking at the same everybody agreeing that these are the numbers we are going to use to gauge the health of the market There's a lot of people that are just taking whatever they choose and and running with it. And there are a lot of, uh, a lot of people that would like to, uh, to tell the, the story of the end of the NFT and, or the NFT market and, you know, and, and we'll find anything they can. And that's what's been done here. So it's certainly been, it's been thrown around a lot. There's I've seen some other headlines kind of. I don't know, it seems maybe playing on this one and, and saying that, you know, trying to be more accurate with what they, with what is going on. So this is, this is certainly not it. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure what the the reason for this is besides just trying to, to give that headline to everybody that's looking for it.
0: Hilarious. it's such clickbait junk and the joke of it also is that the largest day in open sea history just happened. Okay. Okay. Now, there are points. I, I would write the article a different way, actually. Like, if I were to actually write it, I would just say, like, you know, the NFT market is becoming a winner-take-all extreme, you know, 1% play, where it, you know, there's a hyper consolidation right now just around mega projects, and absolutely sort of, like, shift in that direction. And I could, I would have maybe parsed the data in a different way, saying, like, unless you've got over six grand or, I mean, frankly, over like 10 grand to play, like NFTs are not for you. Like blue chips go up, but other things go down. Like there are, there are intelligent ways to write the article. If you spend more than 30 seconds looking at actual data, but I don't want to give these folks any new ideas, so I'll hold back.
1: All right. And why don't we, oh, no, you've got some project news. Oh, I got some fun project us. news. That's
0: right. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we went through and updated our keep us honest. And so, you know, looking around the human park. A project had a drop, this like obelisk looking thing. It's kind of funny. They dropped it to all holders. We have no clue what the thing is for, but you know, it's out there. It's a thing and it's showing that they're uh, continuing to develop. And I still like that that project quite a bit. It's built on the Polygon network. And then the Crypto Unicorn game. So we talked about Crypto Unicorn land, you know, a while back. And uh, I will say, yeah, that was on March 4th. The land we recommended was like 0.17 0.17 and it actually since this launch is now hovering around 0.4 or around 0.2 for basic and it's really uh, it's pretty cool you know there's an actual gameplay dynamic there you know who knows you know it's it's play it's a play to earn type of thing but there's a whole dynamic marketplace and, and planting and playing around there so it might be worth worth a look if you haven't seen it or if you have got it but i always you know i'm always thrilled when the Hey, here's a game that promised they'd make a game and they finally launched because it's very hard to to do that. So applause to that group and you know, it works. I logged in. I planted some random rainbow seeds and, and I harvested it. Now I've got more of them, and I'm not quite sure what to do with it.
1: All right. Well, we'll move on. I've got an affordable project now. I've got one here for us this week called the Meta Key. This is actually the fourth edition just came out. So this is about a year old, I believe, because I remember, you know, now very obviously stupidly passing on minting that first one. And those are a 40th floor. This is the fourth. These are, I guess, one of the earlier utility type NFTs that gives you access and discounts on various properties or or, sorry, various places around the web really in web three, um, they have quite a bit, quite a lineup of partners. It's run by let's see. He's, I don't know what this name is. Matty DCL blogger is the, uh, the Twitter name. He is got a big following there and has been around the space for a long time. Definitely has a good understanding, good connections there. So this is the newest, the newest key here. It's at the four is I think just under point two as we're looking at this. What I like about it is a team been around. I think they're going to continue working at this and then it is in that utility area that we have been looking at recently.
0: Yeah. It's got this funny graphic spinning around. It looks like a, a souped up technical card that, is, that kind of spins around. So it gives you access to just general pieces, right? Like it's like e-commerce stores, it says eligible yeah, it's, drops.
1: That's what I was trying to get at. It's quite a range of, of, of access and features here. It's not exactly what you'd expect, not strictly web three. It's not just, uh, and it's certainly not just like for people that are doing minting or something like that. There's a lot of uh, different use cases here. So I think it's uh, worth taking a look at, especially at that floor price. You know, watch around. I don't know. I've been watching the floor too closely, but uh, it's one I'm going to start looking at a little bit more and uh, look for maybe a good uh, price to enter at.
0: Yeah. And again, that's the edition four. I see what you're saying. The edition one is like at four, at four E. Yeah, it's a wide range. It says, you know, potential conferences, virtual worlds in the central end, sandbox, you know, clubs, rooms, experiences. So it really seems like they're, you know, you're not buying art, you're buying access. And, you know, we have seen that sort of access on the rise. And I I like the bet on at least something that's got a proven track record of doing this, not just like, here's a brand new thing. We've got no connections, but we've got this access token. Good luck. So, you know, proven proven pieces there. So, yeah, Flora Point Two right now and yeah, worth watching. Certainly, if you know as E slips and and maybe long tail projects kind of get overlooked, this is a, an interesting one. And you said you owned one or no?
1: I do not own one. Yeah, I should should note that as of now, I do not own one. I'm just starting to look at that now, so yeah, it may change by the time this comes out. I may buy one. I haven't, but I have not got one as of this recording.
0: Take a quick All right, look at well, the team, hold on. I want to see the team. Okay,
1: you. hold on, um, yeah let's
0: I'm gonna go, go chase that down <laughs> found the com, and they have a fully doxed team which you know big check big check mark yeah and they have a very large team I'm looking at probably 24 employees and they they again they have a founder and a co-founder and these folks seem real with real names so good that's my other so big. They would box. be mm-hmm. one
1: improvement, I would say, is they could put the uh, website on their OpenSea listing yeah. instead of
0: <laughs> going to, the to Rarible. Go Rarible.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> I, think, I don't the, know if they're trying, if to if make some listening. sort of comment here, but
0: well, we'll put those. We'll put that in the show notes for folks. Okay, on to our theme. So, as we just noted, Ethereum networks have become will become very expensive and again this is by design for the stability of the networks and for you know validating the number of transactions that go on so you know andrew for you you know why you know why do nfts need this alt layer these these layer twos to to get where we need to go versus i'd say maybe the con the counter to that which is why not just you know wait for the merge wait for the purge, and wait for ethereum to just get better over time
1: right so i think that for one we've got to refer to more of the high you know nfts that need a lot of transactions things that are used in games think that you're using transact moving around a lot maybe lower priced nfts things that are just requiring you to to do a lot on g when you're talking about high valued nfts things like bunks or Four apes you know i don't think there's a problem with those being on ethereum given that the the fees are relatively it's a relatively small amount of the asset percent asset value. Now, when you're going out of these other, <laughs> these other places where you've got to, where you're transacting more and those fees are really adding up, that's when you've got to find someplace else, someplace else to do these transactions. And layer twos, specifically Ethereum layer twos, give you, give both the stability of the Ethereum network, the security of the Ethereum network, and the ability to transact cheaply and quickly. So they can hold they can handle many more transactions. And they do this by doing by handling all the transactions on their network initially and then rolling them up by combining them all and writing them to the Ethereum network in one batch as opposed to maybe a thousand transactions going through individually. They can write one transaction. So it's much cheaper by putting them all together. It's much faster and it still relies on that network. So that's, that's, the, that's the reason or the, the way that those layer twos can actually handle it. And the reason is that these NFTs just need more. They need so many transactions that it's just not feasible to be doing it on layer one, as, as we explained with the costs, getting to where they are now.
0: So to be clear, can you just name some popular layer twos that live on top of Ethereum just to put names on this thing?
1: yeah that's right we should uh solana i'm sorry, sorry solana is not one we were talking about solana earlier that's a, a layer one sorry that was on my mind that's another layer one and wanted to make that clear that's a layer one so as far as layer twos you now we've got polygon we've talked about that and slight discrepancy of whether it's a an official layer two or not but we'll we'll just include that for for intensive purposes here as a layer two on ethereum and it's been around for for I mean, a relatively long time for these layer twos, and it's considered um, pretty stable. There have been some, (laughs) some bugs that have been found, which is a good thing. You know, you want these networks uh, tested and and you want to find that there are things so that it is getting better over time. Another one is optimism. They, uh, we mentioned them recently. They recently had a, they haven't had the token drop yet, but they've announced it and you can check your balance there. They do have a an NFT marketplace, Quixotic. It's not very popular yet, but you know, it does make it uh, much more feasible to do these NFT transactions on that layer. Let's see, some others would be Arbitrum, ZK Sync. These don't have Arbitrum Arbitrum has more of a NFT marketplace, though it is all well, friends lives, right?
0: Or do I forget that?
1: That's right. Yeah. So it's on the the we've talked about this a little bit. It's the treasure marketplace. Magic and treasure have both had some issues, both security and team wise. So, you know, there's art, you know, I, I think that is one thing to keep in mind. These aren't without risk. They have less risk in my mind than, than layer ones where they really haven't been tested in any way. I shouldn't say in any way, but in any, uh, large scale way over a long period of time. That makes me nervous Uh, these layer twos. I'm not saying that you don't have to be a little nervous about these. We've definitely seen cross some cross chain hacks, but they do offer more security and keeps it a lot closer to, to ETH, which personally, I, I just prefer in general, I think that, that, that will hold a lot more value over time, regardless of, of how so the sort of the multi chain kind of future goes here you know we don't know exactly how that'll play out but i think things that are connected to the ethereum network will benefit by being on that ethereum
0: network yeah they get to borrow the security of ethereum and depending on obviously how they're coded but get to borrow the security of ethereum and then add the the speed the transactions per second that you know as you mentioned games need in general frankly for large scale adoption you're just going to need more throughput and you, know, you don't have to look very far back. Earlier in February, there was $320 million stolen in that Solana Bridge attack. Like, okay, like, fine, because a PE firm, which is predominantly how Solana is backed, just wrote a check. And they're like, all right, done. And the, the other piece is the, the underlying token that underwrites these, these various platforms is, a, is another sort of added layer of risk, or I would say question saying, all right, well, how much are you creating of that token? Is it depreciating or appreciating? Because anything that you transact on there is denominated in that token is paid for for miners or for staking or for the the market price of that. And if you are dealing with a unstable, volatile, or deflationary, or aggressively deflationary underwritten token for that platform, then like, all right, what is your NFT worth? That's a good question because it's, base currency could be in Solana, which has dropped quite significantly, and 25% more of it's going to be printed this year. I remember them people in crypto getting pretty angry with the US government, printed 40% of its currency. Okay, next year, you know what they're going to do? Print another 25%. You know what they're going to do? Th- so I think that's uh, another consideration. But yeah, getting back to security, that has to be the table stakes, I think, for, for any platform that's going to let you hold... I want to know that that property is going to be there and not get gets.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I think it kind of goes back to the idea of, of Yuga potentially la- launching that Ape chain, and to me the there's an alternative where maybe they partner with one of these existing Layer Twos and bring it over to one of these where they've got these, they've got all the benefits of of being right next to Ethereum. You know, I guess the other part of this is it's a lot closer to people's wallets. They don't, when you don't, when you don't have to get your, get your funds onto another chain completely, it's a lot easier to go between layer one and layer twos. You know, it's, it's, it's easier to be able to bring those funds over there. You know, I think that's the way I would hope that they would end up going here so that they can stay closer to those Ethereum roots and still get the benefits of, of transacting cheaply, moving things around quickly. And, you know, I would think they would, benefit a lot of benefit, one of these layer twos, you know, as we've talked about, I think that there could be a, quite a war for users. So if you can sort of, if you can guarantee that you're going to get the, the Yuga, the, the Yuga holders to come on over and, you know, (laughs) they do make some noise. They tend to, they tend to be, (laughs) to, to tell people about the, the things that they're doing. And, you know, I could see that being a good marketing play for one of the chains instead of just you could potentially rolling out their own and hoping for the best, you know, as we've seen the minting wasn't the best and it would, I would be concerned with them launching their own, their own network and, and not having issues there. I mean, it would be hard for anybody to do, and they certainly haven't shown that they, they are without making mistakes in the technical realm.
0: Can we just even roll back the clock whenever you're listening to this a couple of- They're not even able to keep their Instagram password protected. They got their Instagram hacked. It cost their folks $3 million in NFTs that were stolen from then a very basic hack that was then posted from that channel. And you want to create a scalable layer one that competes with Ethereum that's been in business with some of the smartest people developing it for a number of years and, you know, how many millions, billions of dollars in it? I mean, you even want to compete with something like the Ronin network that got hacked for six hundred and fifty million?
1: I'm not sure if you've heard about some of the great projects that have launched
0: on the Ethereum network. There's all There's sorts of called them. Board Apes, yeah, um, that's right. You may have heard it. There's one. <laughs> the punks, Ethereum network. <laughs> punks, crypto punks. You probably heard of that when You acquire. your entire company's built on it. I, I feel like it was just a throwaway statement, and they had to walk it back because at a certain point, you know, you, people will begin to realize you're just making more and more promises. And it's just like a pile of promises that will eventually be developed. But I think building an alt layer one is a ridiculous statement.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It seems like that maybe won't be happening. I know immutable has, has made some noise about trying to be a partner. Of course they And are immutable the is, ones...
0: a, is an alt layer one.
1: That's right. So they have, they're also the ones that have partnered with GameStop. It seems like they are good at. Partnering those in the right place. So I don't know if that'll happen or not. I haven't heard a whole lot about that uh, marketplace recently, but uh, then again, there are more and more marketplaces all the time and we're seeing, you know, little bits of activity just, just spur up everywhere now.
0: I hear a lot about Avalanche and sort of their, their own scalability. Haven't seen a lot of like big meme hacks, which is not necessarily say good or bad. You know, their, their token is incredible. I mean, everything is down. But that's you know one where I see some smart people starting to load up on, which is interesting. As a layer one, that I'm like gonna like take a look at some more. And then there's Wax, which has been in the game a long time. But just you know, I think MLB had the largest type of relationship from a from a high level with them last summer, and that really didn't go anywhere. And yeah, they had some sort of
1: drop today, and I don't think I'm not sure what chain that was on. Are you? Do you know which? Which chain? I I should say MLB. Sorry, this was Tops.
0: Specifically. Oh, yeah, Tops is different. Yeah,
1: never mind. I realized I've, yeah. is there any other I've layer one sub- that's
0: on your radar?
1: No, I mean, I'm more, I'm more aware and more into the, the Alt layer or, yeah, layer twos than the not layer ones. I would say I'm not quite as in tune with those.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously for us, we've recommended projects on Polygon, you know, I've seen it in action. I've used it. I, I trust that I've been able to bridge things back and forth and it's getting easier and easier because anytime you're, you're moving between coins or between even layers, you need to use these bridges, which means you need, you know, that's another point of failure that can occur. So, you know, one, one layer, one layer, one to layer two bridge that I like a lot is Umbria. A lot of folks use that one, but yeah, look, NFTs are going to need, getting back to our theme here, layer two layers that are, they're going to get there, be it uh, Polygon, Arbitrum, Optimism, others. that that build on top of it. And organizations that launch on Ethereum and don't code their stuff the right way and then get angry that it didn't work because they have like large files, small pipe and high expectation of a window of which people to act like, you know, it's like someone getting angry when their website crashes. Well, we sent everybody there, but we only had, you know, bandwidth for a hundred people and we coded it that way. We need to create a new internet because our website crashed. Like you coded it. You launched it ineffectually, and yeah, it rained on you.
1: Right, there are technical limitations. Don't create the new internet. You gotta, you gotta deal with those. This is, this is nothing new. There have always been technical limitations. You can, you know, use. There are ways to break systems. Believe it or not,
0: it's yeah. I guess that that final metaphor just seals it for me. We need a new. I need to create a new internet. My website crashed because I put a shit server and dumpy code in. Okay, enough ragging on it. It was a successful drop. It was a historical high day, like amazing to watch in the same, same week, uh, a Wall Street Journal say like NFTs are flatlining and then an all-time record broken after an all-time record was broken by moonbirds. There's uh, funny things happening in the NFT sector and we'll uh, definitely keep an eye on layer twos. All right, Andrew. Thank you.
1: All right. Good talking, George.
0: This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com. In our show notes, again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.